Yeah, so what is that podcast called? It's called like Momentum. Boom. Big Max. What's up, dog? What up, fellas? Thanks for having me back. Of course, brother. I saw you're a big Swifty now. I am. It's been a slow burn over the past few yeah. years. And What's up went, with that? I saw some outfit. Can we, can we pull up uh, Max pull Brown? Up. Is it on your Instagram? Because this is on one of the strangest outfits I've ever seen. Are you familiar with this? Um, I have not seen it, but Swifty can do some things to a man. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, It'll that's be brown with an E, and it's a, yeah. it's a scarf while we're loading it up. Pretty, okay, so there's more swaggy. to this page than what the one meets the eye here. We got scarves. Oh, yeah. There's we a got, lot more. Oh, dude, it's insane. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, you yeah. can uh, keep scrolling. Is that you? Oh, okay, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's man. That's me right there yeah, in the, hey, in the background. Go one, go one more notch down. Oh, dude, not, how was it? The not going to let you. Uh, it would have been on the... If it lets you expand, there's more posts down below. But uh, it was sweet. Um, there you go. There you go. Those there two right there. Oh, my goodness gracious. Dude, you can't even see your face. Can't even see the face. It was uh, kind of trippy walking through the venue like that. I kind of made a point to walk with the hat forward so you could uh fully fully take in the outfit but uh and whose idea like vic's just like you're doing this vic's and you were like all right or what yeah well there's backstory to this so vic my wife has a content pillar on her tiktok of like explaining taylor swift songs to me that we've had a few she's had a few go viral um one of which is there's a taylor swift song where like there's a uh metaphoric scarf that she references so then, I don't know if you guys know, but a lot of like T Swifties go all out dressing up for the uh, the concert. Yeah, I heard. So that was uh, that was my vibe. It was hot as shit. Was hanging out by the AC unit um, before I got in the uh, in the venue, but it worked out, man. Can you explain uh, kind of the craziness behind the fandom of Taylor? Because you're closer to it um, than I. But it, it's <laughs> such a crazy, like you can't even comprehend. Bro, it's a cult. It's, it's a, it's yeah. like but here's the interesting thing. thing with Justin Bieber it was female fans for you know a lot of the other people it's female fans for even some female artists there are some male fans who are but for her it's a female audience it's not necessarily you would think it would be that way Guys. but it's not but it's not always that way and she has such a huge Beyonce is that way too who comes to mind with the beehive um, <laughs> what did you notice when you were at that uh, gigantic stadium I mean, it's wild. The first reaction was like, everyone's so nice. Like even going into the in the stadium, like the little attendance, like I've been there for a Rams game and people are like, next, ticket, ticket. It was like, have a great time. Like they're leaning in and it's crazy. Like you'll get the 38 year old mom who's like geeking out over this. And then you'll also get like the 12 year old girl, which also speaks to like T-Swift's been in the, in, the, in the game for a minute, yeah. but uh, she crushes it. I mean, it's crazy. I'm sure you guys have seen the videos, like people hanging out outside the stadium and all that. Yeah, wasn't it like stuff's nuts. I'm about to say they're probably nice, but if you said something not so nice about T Swift, then they might not be so nice. Yeah, they come from my skull for (laughs) sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was funny. I posted a TikTok yesterday, that first one we saw, and Vic was like, "Hey, you got to make sure you post." I was like referencing multiple songs there, and like you got to post them in the right order, or like the Swifties are gonna come after you. And I would have had like no idea. And so Vic was like, Like, "It's got to be one through four. But hey, it's honestly impressive. Like people are so loyal to this stuff. It makes. I mean, I'm a, I was a Seattle Seahawks fan growing up. I thought that was like a cult. The Swifty is a, it's a different different animal. So you just came from. You said the Pac-12 is well, obviously it's dissolving, but you said it was the last interview, right? So it's kind of end of an era within the SiriusXM, right? Within SiriusXM, only to a certain degree. So they used to have two shows every single day, Monday through Friday, and then now they're just scaling it back to one show. I'm. Uh, 
my involvement with SiriusXM is I host like a few shows a month, so it's nothing like full, full, full time. Um, but yeah, man, it's just the result, the result of obviously teams Wild. going elsewhere and we'll see what happens. I mean, as we're filming this podcast, there's conversations about Stanford and Cal, maybe getting an ACC bid, which we'll see what happens there. But um, that's what yeah. I said, because the, the Mountain West idea doesn't make sense to me, like adding all those teams like a pack Atlantic conference besides the traveling, like would make sense. I think you don't think the ACC would add those four. I don't think Washington state and Oregon state have as much of a pull as Stanford and Cal. Yeah. Stanford has the academic piece. And then I just feel like from an optics standpoint, Cal's kind of buddied up with them. Um, I'm with you. I find a hard time feeling like Stanford would, uh, would pair up with like the likes of Fresno state. I just no. feel like academically they're, they're differently or they're different. And then ACC has Duke and Wake Forest and Georgia Tech and Syracuse, like really good academic schools, obviously not Stanford, but I think just from an optics standpoint, that's more feasible. But dude, we'll see, because I'm over the standpoint like, bro, if you can find a, a, a place for Stanford and Cal in the ACC, then you're telling me 10 out of the 12 original Pac-12 schools can find media rights deals in the Big 12, in the in the Big 10, or the ACC, and you're telling me they couldn't have come together and find mm -hmm. found the money to wow. keep the Pac-10 together. That's a very good point. That doesn't make sense to me, um, which is just, I mean, funny is not the right word, but uh, doesn't add up for me. Yeah. Well, like, how did this all start? Because it, like, it's all media rights, like TV deals, right? And so, like, what was the first blunder by the Pac? Cause it's a strong yeah. conference. Like it, it's like everyone kind of talks shit about it on the East coast. Cause it's like soft football or, you know, it's not the SEC, it's not the big 10, whatever. But I mean, I think it's right up there with the big 10 this year in terms of like depth. I would agree. Yeah. Top to bottom one through 12 for sure. Yeah. I mean the first, Is it also the time difference. That's a big one though. Like no one's really watching that late. You know? I mean, there's a lot of factors and I think, you know, there's even a lot of factors that like led up to this decision to your question about like, what was the first one? I think yeah. the first decision was back in 2011. I mean, some would argue the old like regime and the Pac-12 commissioner, but 2011 getting in a media rights deal where a lot of your content was behind a paywall, which mm -hmm. I mean, you guys can relate to this on the podcast front. Like you established the Pac-12 networks. You did not have a deal with DirecTV. You did not have a direct deal with ESPN. And a lot of that content was like behind a figurative paywall. And so not a lot of people are seeing that. And then you fast forward 10 years, that's a lot of exposure you're not getting from a conference. I mean, the Pac-12 had some good years there where, you know, nationally, you're just not aware that Oregon State is a good football team or something like that. And that as years go they have on- They a squad this year. Yeah, you lose track of that, man. I saw you posted man. that. That's, Dude, your, uh, that's your sleeper team. That's my sleeper team. What's your case? Give me like your elevator pitch for Oregon State. Elevator pitch. <laughs> I mean, look at the past- How far do you think they can go realistically? Realistically, like, is this a top 10 finish team? Yeah, I think that's that's realistic. Um, and look no further than what they did like last year, dude. I mean, they beat Oregon and it, I mean, they almost beat us. That's almost it. beat us. I think many people would say they should have beat us. Um, they played better. Yeah, but they're like their the quarterback. Play their quarterback play was it was bad last year. Bad. And that's what I'm going to ask you. Who's, yeah. who's going to be midway through the season, the starting quarterback? of the Oregon State Beavers. I'm not saying that. I want to see what Max says. It should be, DJ. Yeah, it should be. Okay. Um, and if it's not, then that means, you know, he, he really did not show up because I think he's going to get every chance. What, what, do you, what do you think happened to Clemson? 
I think a lot of it's the expectations. I mean, he goes there replacing Trevor Lawrence, feeling like the weight of the world's on his shoulder. I mean, he was, dude, I met DJ when he was in eighth grade out here at like quarterback training stuff. And like, he was the chosen one. And I I can relate to that in some regard. You go there and you feel like you need to be Superman on every play kind of thing. And I think that, that alone is a huge factor. And that's why I'm excited. Like he goes to Oregon State. That offense is way more, I think he'll have like play within himself. Yeah. And the, the pressure is not there. Too. I didn't like the offense Clemson ran last year. Like I was watching them play. I'm like, well, what are you doing? Like they ran the same inside zone play. I feel like almost the entire game. Yeah. And I, I like having played Oregon State the past two years. The one thing I could say is they're well coached, yeah. effectively. Like they're scheming some stuff up. Like dudes are like they have a great offensive line play, and they don't have the talent that the other teams do have. And I feel like that kind of uh, accentuates the point. Like. Yeah. Like SC versus Oregon State, top to bottom roster, it's not even close. But like the fact that even you're playing close to us, it's, I mean, it was super their, impressive. Their stadium's going to be active too. They got a brand dude, new stadium. Nuts, yeah. 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 That's one of the most, that's most underrated or one of the most underrated spots in the Pac 12. Yeah. But I, I just think it'll be like that whole system, that whole setup, better run game. Like yeah. he's not going to get caught in between this. Like, am I dual thread? Am I pocket passer? Whatever. Like, no, he's going to be play action, pocket passer. And he won't have to, in my opinion, hopefully the pressure is not, not on him and he's able to just relax and, and ball out. That's what I'm hoping for, yeah. for his sake. Yeah, because the pressure obviously is something not many people can relate to. People know what pressure is like in, in work or with family, but when it's so much bigger than you and there's 100,000 people in a stadium and you're a 19, 20-year-old kid, it's no matter how highly touted you are, it's tough. Yeah, no, totally. And I'm sure you can relate to this like a little bit, Mo, of like, you know, you get a couple, like, starts at Vanderbilt, and then you come out west, and even if it is USC, like, your frame of reference is different when it's, all right, now practice is a little bit slower because you know what in-game reps are like. And I just feel like that whole mindset for DJ, like, Clemson, we're supposed to win a national championship every year to, like, all right, now I'm in Corvallis. It's not the glitz and the glamour. Like, I can chill out. I can just play ball and focus on, like, what I'm doing. Yeah. I experienced that a little bit at Pitt going from, like, SC where it's, you know, I need to be the next Heisman Trophy winner to like Pitt. Hey, it's a business trip. It's just a different mentality. They can go a long way for guys. Did you feel a lot more comfortable at Pitt? Um, because of like those expectations, I guess. I don't know if I'd say comfortable because like at that point you're having to learn a new roster, learn, learn a new offense. So like it was almost replaced with, uh, you know, having to try to gain that new level of comfort, like more on the field. But expectations wise, I like definitely felt like yeah. I definitely felt like getting off the plane. It was I was like taking a deep breath, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, it's different. Like SC's like if you don't know, if like if you're watching, like every practice, like there's an entire media section. Like it's and you're shoulder to shoulder. So like every throw you make, it's being criticized, and especially you having been the number one quarterback recruit of your class. You know, like I, I, I would expect those expectations are just nuts. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing with like you know, five star type guys is yeah. There's no runway to warm up to college football. You're supposed to be good right away, right now. And if you're not, it's a problem. And I know for me, it took me at least a full season, if not a season and a half, to get like acclimated to college ball, which is normal for most college quarterbacks. But when you have that label of XYZ guy and it's the transition doesn't happen as seamlessly, then the, then the, the pressure cranks up to, yeah. to, uh, to a new level. It's a good quarterback class, too. And you said, it. you know, funny isn't the word, but it, you know, at the very least is ironic that the Pac-12 has the best quarterback class 
they've had in a long time and now it's <laughs> dissolving in front of our very eyes it's, it's the one year that you know we could have i don't know yeah no it's uh, i mean so much disappointment it's it's uh, it's like the, the there, perfect storm yeah there's five teams man inside the top 20 and ucla is 28 so six teams like inside the top and washington state's like 32 on the ap ranking so the conference top to bottoms loaded and yeah it's it's unfortunate but hey hopefully it's like a last hurrah the conference goes out with a bang and in november you could really have like four or five teams in the in the running for uh, for the conference title game where how would you rank the cues in in this conference and like nationwide as well a lot of those guys are up there at the top of the of the the national rankings too i'd yeah. go tier one caleb williams by by himself tier two michael Penix by himself and then tier three i'd go bo nix cam rising um wow. you're high on Penix then i am i think if he balls out another year he'll find himself as a top 10 pick um all right so who's after cam after cam i'll go um so you got dj i'll go uh i'll go Jaden delora actually him at his best arizona arizona yeah they had a top 10 passing attack in the country last year i think their receivers will be legit this year um even which is funny because dorian singer who i actually think might might have been arizona's third best receiver might be really? arizona's uh or would have been arizona's third best receiver could everyone's saying it could be sc's uh top guy no he's not sc's top guy yeah i mean is that, is that what you're hearing it feels like it's a mixed bag that's like you got three starters i mean i feel like it's going to be receiver by committee it has to be like i don't think there's yeah. gonna be a true like it's not like jay last year's like the guy or drake the year before yeah yeah it'll ne yeah yeah it's not there's a drink london no situation clear number one not a jordan addison not a drink london situation no. for sure without a doubt um especially yeah. inside which is crazy like outside it's gonna be b rice and probably dorian but like zach mario taj um who's the other guy lemon like there's that, so many smaller dudes inside and that's the perfect example you yeah. just rattled off five dudes that all probably think they're like the dude all which is great too, yeah but it's yeah it's not going to be uh we got to feed drake all day every day no it won't be throwing up to drake yeah <laughs> is caleb williams the best college quarterback you've seen in your lifetime after one season at SC and one season at Oklahoma. Before I answer, what, what's your take? Because you're you're closer to the sun, being yeah. uh, more like closer to it. Just yeah. No, I mean he's he's, he's a monster. The number one thing would be confidence. Like like there's you, he could spin the ball as as good as anyone. That's obvious. Everyone can see the arm talent, the creativity, the comparisons to Patrick Mahomes. Everyone's seen the Notre Dame play, and it's flashy. But it's like it's the mental makeup to me that's really really impressive. Like we had him on the show. And uh, it was kind of this viral clip where, where um, the first play that he got put in, remember when he took over for Spencer uh, versus UT, it was a fourth and one. And he had like a, it was like a quarterback draw or like a quarterback sneak or something. And that was kind of like the defining moment. Like ever since then, he never looked back. And uh, we asked him like, hey, like what's going on in your head? This is like the biggest moment of your life. This is like the biggest potentially moment in college football that year. Yeah. Fourth and one at OU playing Texas and he was like I knew I was gonna score and, and like and there's one thing to say but like like he actually did think that I think and I remember you know? watching yeah. it and going and being like come on and then I watched my TV and I'm like no he knew I think he knew he and was gonna he, score you know, as a and it's a gear I never had a gear most people never have to where there's that unrelenting confidence of like no I'm the best guy out here and I'm gonna whip it out and I'm gonna do whatever I want and you're not gonna stop me 
and to have it as a true freshman and like your first yeah. real reps, like that's what's crazy to me. And I'm with you. That's I echo the same thing you said whenever I go on like uh, radio segments of his confidence because it's a fine line between confidence and arrogance or confidence and or manufactured confidence in terms of hey I'm, I'm saying these things because i feel like i need to say these things or i'm having this swagger because i feel like i need to have this swagger it genuinely feels like that's who he is okay. in a lot of like the fashion stuff and just his overall mentality like he's so confident and comfortable in his skin um that's why i if i was an nfl gm would be buying his stock as much as any top quarterback we've had in recent memory um but he's a stud. I mean, the on the field stuff speaks for itself, but the off the stuff would be why if I was a GM, I'm like, yo, we got to get this guy. And he's a different cat, and I watch it from afar, and every time I go, I don't know, he's got a little, obviously he's different, but he's uh, got some Kyler vibes to me, just personality-wise. I've never met him that's before. Not, Mo, but that is, That's what I was going to get to. Mo always defends him. Mo, they're going to pull you up for, the, for his draft thing. They're going to go, this guy's the greatest kid, and like I hope he is. I, I'm sure he is, in fact, based on what you've said in your glowing recommendation but like fuck whatever team on your fingernails that's Come on, the, dog. that is the one thing that is a head scratcher for me like, it's what, a head scratcher. What was the, uh, like i don't know what was the upside for that i don't know just to be like edgy and like he, he does he definitely leans into the fashion stuff which like that was like peak like fingernail painting i feel like yeah. that's when it became like fashion one trendy. thing to paint your fingernails another thing as a guy who everybody's watching here's, yeah here's how i look at it it's it's kind of like the eccentric artist deal. Like you can't have one and not the other piece. Like Kanye West, right? Super controversial, says crazy things. Unbelievable artist, makes crazy, crazy popular songs, right? It all goes together. And like you see a lot of artists are the same way. We talk about the confidence, like it's gonna spill over into other areas that people aren't gonna agree with. And you can't like have one part and not have the other. And like, but he just doesn't care. That's the thing, like literally could not care any less book it caleb williams kanye west of quarterbacking <laughs> nfl gms you heard it here first but it's guy. the same thing if you genuinely don't care you do whatever you want right and i guess to some degree you gotta and that's what makes you so great at football is what i'm saying yeah i think the concern there is that, like if you're a gm like i'm just having deja vu of like baker mayfield and yeah. a little bit of like or like a johnny kind of like johnny's obviously an extreme but even like cam newton to a degree of like mvp though when you MVP, but a steep decline. I know injuries came into it as well. Um, I don't read much into the fingernail painting. To me, it's just like, what's the upside? Like, why not just do maroon and like yellow or whatever and have it be a trendy thing? Like, why call out a team that's had USC's number the past couple Ooh. couple years? Did but back, I, back it up, though. I'll say. If you lose that game, then that's a, that's a bad deal. That's like talking a bunch of crazy shit like before a fight and then getting knocked out. You got to win. Yeah, and I guess in my and mind, I'm thinking they lost the title game but i know what you're saying that's obviously well the game he painted it they won of UCLA. course yeah 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 i guess you got to back it up you, 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 gotta you, gotta, win. you have to and you got to sleep in the bed that you make so yeah. um yeah you can't you gotta you gotta wear that on the chin yeah. in the post-game interview if uh if you did lose and speaking of the post-game interview obviously i'm looking too much into it after ucla in particular usually as a quarterback you're taught to deflect you're taught you know the offensive line the defense my teammates my coaches I didn't hear a lot. It was like, man, they were talking shit, and then I did this, and I'm like, you know it. You're a, you're a good guy. I'm sure teammates loved being around you. I'm sure you were always a leader. Leader, whether or not you were starting, guys look to you as like he's gonna be, you know, consistent. He's gonna be good to everybody from the head coach to the guys on the training staff to people who are washing the gear. Like, I think that matters a little bit from a PR perspective. You that's our glimpse as a fan 
into who this person is. And that competitiveness is, there's a side to it that's positive, but there's also, let's not be me guys out here. Yeah. And I hope I'm wrong. If, if I'm a GM interviewing him, I'm definitely interviewing him, or I'm definitely asking him about the whole that whole deal just to see how he reacts. Yeah. But it's not. It's to me, it's not that. It's not that big of a deal. Of course not. But yeah, it's, it's not. I think it's it was him just. I don't know, riding that whole wave or whatever. And I'd be curious. I'd be curious if he'd do it again. Like, and my gut says no, just because I don't. Again, I don't think it was worth the the the, the backlash that he got because there's no upside. But. What I guess we'll see what say? happens. I'm not, I'm not really it was nothing really bad, but it was just, I didn't again, if it, it's, it's like almost inside quarterback where you go, that's not what we're supposed to say, and tempers are high, and they just won one of the biggest games that the school has won in, in at time. least half a decade. Um, but again, it's, it's, it's just, I look at a guy like Jalen Hurts. Would he have said that? Different. He's a different guy, different personality. But there's a reason that he's had the success that and, and the ascent that he has had because of his ability, his emotional control, and his ability to keep that but equilibrium. Are changing though, because is that is that old school in, in terms of guys having more personality and individuality within sports? Like a guy like I know football and basketball are different, but like a guy like Draymond uh, having his show, being so outspoken, dudes being their own brands now is a thing. Like, I mean, like 15 years ago, the, the Peyton Manning, Drew Brees approach, like, is that kind of over? I think so. Funny enough, that clip right there on the bottom left is literally what I, <laughs> talking about that same thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I went to a conference with Jalen Brown speaking, who's the, uh, what, commissioner of the NBA PA or whatever. And he was talking about how, like, when he got into the league, there was a culture in the NBA of if you had a any sort of side hustle a la a podcast it was kind of like oh are you all in on foot basketball like oh that's cute like that 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 connotation and well i'm sure you felt that a little bit building this platform here but then now and his argument was that basketball is ahead of uh other sports in that regard of if you are an nba player and you do have a clothing line a podcast investments you're doing this that it's not it doesn't have the negative connotation it had a, a decade ago because that individuality and like brand equity with players is more celebrated now yeah. than it was a decade ago and basketball is ahead of football so i do think that's changing um and i do think caleb like taps into that of you know, he's the face of not only the program, but like college football. And with that comes a lot of leverage that he's done a really good job utilizing for his own benefit as he should in this new NIL space. Yeah. Drake concert in the middle of camp is kind of wild though. Did you see that one? No. When? <laughs> he pulled up to the concert and he was like, uh, am I too far away? Um, he wasn't on the stage itself, but like, I don't know. I just think back to like my training camps and it's like the last thing. Caleb went to the Drake concert. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 No, dang. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was cool. What, when was that? Uh, shit. When was he performing? Like last week or something? Cause I know for whatever it's Were worth, you out there? Wasn't out there, but like USC is playing week zero. So they're like camp. Yeah. It's is like mock game week or something. Yeah. It's yeah, like a head like, different yeah. timeline than the rest of the world. But yeah, I didn't. Should he should have went to uh, the Eras tour? A little T Swift it was in Dude, SoFi. That, that would have gone crazy <laughs> on social media. Um, but yeah, brother. So what are you up to right now outside of like, you know, you, you got your day job, but like sports media, like what's new with you? Got the day job, yeah, in uh, real estate brokerage, uh, and really been trying to go all in on the social media front. Kind of leveled it up. Um, 
TikTok and then syndicating stuff on uh, YouTube Shorts and uh, IG YouTube Reels as well. Is huge. Yeah, it's been fascinating for me as I've I've tried to yeah, you know, like I said, leveled up the past few months, and it's crazy like watching the different algorithms across the platforms. I'll have videos that tank on Twitter and then Same. pop on Shorts and yeah, tank on Shorts and pop on Twitter. It does kind of make sense. Like I'm getting to the point now where I can kind of project which platform will do well and obviously there's like copywriting and tat titling strategy to things but it's crazy now it's like literally a rotation i have of like all four platforms twitter instagram uh uh youtube shorts and and tiktok i didn't realize snapchat was so big too dude i haven't logged into my snapchat in like oh, a me year neither, but i was yeah. uh i went to dinner with this girl like she does like like influencing stuff tiktok whatever and uh she was asking me about snapchat i'm like i don't use snapchat like, i don't like using snapchat to be honest like if in terms of like communicating with friends i'd rather just i message or text whatever and uh she was like no no you don't understand like they're paying a crazy amount i'm like what's crazy like she pulls up her her page or her creator page and she goes like i'm paying my monthly rent in one day's worth of a few photos on snapchat really yeah I know their ads. It shows the amount on there. And all you do is click direct deposit. Boom, money. That's crazy, dude. You just gotta post naked pictures, Max. That's the that's <laughs> the part that's, we're leaving out. Get an only. Well, I was about to say it's a sign of a good marriage that you're not on Snapchat for as long as you've been. And if you are, I won't say anything. You know. Hey, OnlyFans, Max. Uh, yeah, you never know. That's the title of the YouTube video. Max, yeah. <laughs> Max starts his OnlyFans. Only yeah. No, that is not in the cards. That'll do well on every I have platform. No desire. <laughs> yeah. I have no desire to manage another platform, um, but yeah, people making bank out there. The the Snap algorithm though, oh, like snap. with the ads, like right in your face, it's definitely more uh, more I, conducive. I know, yeah, money. I know we're deteriorating as a society now that I get my news from Snapchat. I'm like, what did Adam Daily <laughs> too? Wait, he lets. So, what brings you to Snapchat before the other platforms? Um, it doesn't, but sometimes you want to send a picture that goes away. <laughs> sometimes you want to say something to a friend Sketchy. i don't do that. no no but sometimes you just want to do something guys send stupid pictures to other guys we know this it, yeah? yeah but you're friends yeah. like i'm not going to send on iMessage on iMessage where it's like just there the whole time like no you don't need it that long dog you saw what i <laughs> we guys have stupid group chats do we I, not no, no, you're right, we do right, yeah i grew up with like what felt like a microscope on me since I was like 13. Uh, so I just have this. You were like super innate, conscious about it. Yeah. I feel like I like had to be just kind of given the, the, the yeah. platform. Like it's funny. Like it was my little like high school community, but I remember like the second I got a phone, it was always like, you never know what coach is going to see whatever. And that's just like ingrained in me. And not that I'm like some big stiffy, like I'll, 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 you know, there's plenty of videos out there on the internet of me like hammering a beer or like doing some dumb shit or dancing and whatever. But like, I mean, shoot, I'm in a dang scarf outfit and <laughs> yeah, that's Instagram. Not that, that's not John. But like that's on for a game in Vegas with a mustache. True, but that is beyond uncomfortable for 95% of the the male population out there. You think? Oh yeah. You might. You think? No, you let it loose a little bit. You think? <laughs> how, how many guys would post that on their Instagram feed? I would. You would. Yeah. You're also a content creator. Like most guys would not. Though. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, I forget even what brought me there. But uh, hey, what were we talking about? T Swift brought you there, brother. Hey, <laughs> it always comes full, full circle. Yeah, exactly. It always comes full circle. Yeah, I haven't logged into my. It's funny. I uh, went on my bachelor party last summer to Vegas and yeah. uh, broke my phone. And then forgot my Snapchat password and just have not logged in since. Really? That's so probably, probably some, some stuff in the archives. That was God, like, 
away. Yeah. <laughs> we did something fun though. Vic and I did like a shared group of like her bachelorette party and my bachelor party all in like one Snapchat thread. Oh, no way. You're looking at it like kind of dangerous, but a fun. Oh, you guys highly uh, recommend that. You're like, we just up. hung out. She's doing crazy. Hold on a second. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Wait, mean, you, you told me you were just going to hang out. Wait, what is this? Luckily, weaving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Nah, she was in Cabo. I was in Vegas. We were well aware of uh, the what itinerary. Was, what, what was in store. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a good time. That's fun, dude. What happens? Not yours, obviously, but I haven't been to a lot of weddings. I haven't been to a bachelor party. We're relative, you know, we're all young, but How what, hap- what is acceptable? I'm 26. What happens at the bachelor party that's acceptable and what's like, hey, we're not doing that? Yeah. Because I always uh, want, we always want, because you, you hear guys, oh, bachelor party is crazy. And then, like, it's not. Yeah, I've been on three, and I think the days of like strippers and all that is like gone, at least in my social circle. I think if, um, I mean, yeah, I think that with, with like phones nowadays, that's just like not not in the car. I mean, maybe like late night vibe, but I'm gonna my friend groups are crowd that like you know we're, we we have a fun time, but that that feels like that's like very much like yeah. 80s 90s. Uh, the ones um, in Europe are crazy. I was in uh, Prague visiting my buddy. He's playing European football there. Yeah, and uh, so I was there for the weekend, and I guess Prague, for whatever reason, is a huge bachelor party destination. Like everyone in Europe, kind of like congregates there. Yeah, those dudes go hard. Like I don't see them doing that kind of stuff in the U.S. at all. That's what I'm saying. Like, like in the U.S., it's about partying and celebrating the bachelor. Out there, it's about embarrassing him and putting as much shame on him as possible. Which is what I always thought it was. Which is oh, dude. One dude is wearing uh, what's that suit you wear? It's kind of like a leotard where it's like it only sh- uh, the Bruno growing. thing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, what's exactly. it called? Assless, ch- not assless chaps, but uh, no, the stringy. You yeah, know what we're talking about. Oh, there's a name. It's like a little yeah. banana. So this dude's walking. Yeah, I think the street with that, and then they uh, handcuff a midget to him. And the entire day he's wearing that handcuffed to the midget. And, and they're all wearing like funny shirts and shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> like they don't do that in Vegas. Bro. They don't. Right. Do that. I mean, I think midgets is a good touch typically for a bachelor party. Oh, it's a whole service. Midget trip. Yeah. I think that's a good thing. Yeah. It's. Hey, fellas, it's, you listening? I didn't know this existed. To every friend group's different, I guess. Yeah. But in my experience. <laughs> no strippers for you, Max. Not, no not midgets. for me. Not for me. There was okay. the 3 a.m. Uh, Pizza craps delivery. table and okay. like getting after it and yeah. plenty of plenty of drinks but never never to that level you're a good guy dude hey, i'm sure there's so some guys listening her. to this like uh you big stiffy but i'd also push back like hey my friend group we have a good time and that was not uh not in the cards it's not so what y'all are into i think it's yeah. uh, maybe the, the 2023 version hmm interesting what about in college were you always that way like say like you have a big game or something like like, are y'all celebrating? Like, y'all going to frats? Y'all going to clubs? Because I know, like, SC back in the day was nuts. They'd shut down uh, Fraternity Row. They'd shut, they'd literally block off 29th Street and you like, couldn't have cars go down. It's funny, like, when I got to SC, you'd, like, hear all the, all the, all the, all the old stories of yeah, like early know, pl- players getting into, into whatever frat they wanted. That was not the case when I was there. But no, we, we, had, we had a good time. I was in a fraternity. Um, I was glad I did it at that time. We had, yeah. uh, was Old Mansion a thing when you were at SC? kind of uh so i live with i was an older guy so i grad transferred in so like i would do more stuff off campus than on yeah for sure i live with like seven football players and we had a spot and we we have the the shopping cart making a cbs run having all the all the goods and a lot of them i was the only scholarship or i guess there was two other scholarship dudes that i live with um in a frat 
in old mansion of seven football players we all were part of the same fraternity but i said in the context of like i mean i'm sure on your team the, the walk-ons the second the game's over is are trying to trying to get after Boozing. it i mean shoot everyone on the team is trying to get after it we're in college trying, trying to have a good time oh yeah dude speaking of getting after it johnny manzo dude that doc was nuts yeah what'd you think about the whole like not watching film thing which like yeah i, I didn't think that was just crazy. yeah i don't know if you're on the same page i'm like some guys I, don't watch film. I don't know if y'all play. Not a quarterback in the league. I know some dudes who didn't watch. Who? Dudes, I mean, Besides I was in the FCS, so it's a little different. Not, you know what I'm I mean? But I mean, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's happened. Especially, I mean, not especially positions other than quarterback. Yeah, you're right. Obviously, if you're in it for a while, you're you're doing the right things. But I don't. I don't know. I feel like the the Netflix series is called Untold. I feel like all of it, for the most part, was told. Which it's still cool to relive it because mm -hmm. that was such a you know interesting time in my life as a you know young high school kid. And you're like, oh my god, this guy is breaking all the rules, right? You're talking about like Money he's, he's breaking every rule and winning Heisman trophies and electrifying college football. This little white kid is beating Alabama, yeah. so it was great to watch. But like, what, what were your thoughts? Um, immediately on the documentary. I didn't know the behind the scenes story with like his best friend, like basically like the quasi agent, like that the money cool. in the fridge. Yeah. So that all I had no idea about. And it's funny cause I mean, I was a senior in high school, freshman in college and that was all going down. So it was like very top of mind. Like, I mean, there was a world where, you know, I was trying to start at SC and like Johnny was the best quarterback in college. You're like, like, do I have to start getting hammered? Like, very, that, very fun of mine. Is that mind. the yeah. recipe to right. win a Heisman Trophy? Yeah, I knew that wasn't in the cards for me. I never was dual threat either. Mm. Um, <laughs> but uh, the like, to me, it's it, it's crazy that he was able to function at that level and beat SEC opponents like hungover. It sounded like and, and that whole deal. But it also, I mean, in a weird way, shit, it's almost like impressive. Of like, he was able to Bro. do all that and still, you know, play at the level that he was at. Like in a weird way, good on you. But it's also like trippy for me. It's like some part of it's, it's hard for me to feel bad for him. Cause I remember like when, when it was all going down, you knew all past led to this blowing up. Like this is not sustainable. This is not sustainable. And it's too bad because obviously he's still weren't um, dealing with that. Yeah. But for that two year stretch, man, what a, what a run it was for him. Dude. I, uh, we had the same speed coach for a draft prep. Uh, that I worked with at a sports academy and I asked him about Johnny he goes uh so they're in Indy and like all the execs and stuff like they go out to bars and, and whatever like they all kind of meet up and so Johnny just gets hammered like blacks out night before like literally the biggest day of your life like you're gonna run your 40 you're gonna throw at the combine blacks out like almost oversleeps they gotta wake him up bro pulls up like and um the coach is like very concerned because obviously it's his reputation's on the line as far as like what he runs in the 40s like doc like i'm i'm shook uh runs surpasses any estimate they had all of uh training i don't like, know I how you do that five. i don't know how you do that that like gives me anxiety <laughs> just like bro it's crazy <laughs> like even if you, even if you were about that life just go out like three the nights next, before yeah, or, or, or the, yeah. like night after like yeah. celebrate right, like right. all right like Sure, you're trying to be an NFL quarterback, but like the night before, dude, like how do you even find a bar in Indy that like doesn't have an exec that's like looking right. over you or some random fan that's like <laughs> taking a video of you? Like, yeah. It's crazy, but he's also probably insulated at College Station too, where everyone's on his side. So, you know, if you're filming the starting quarterback, I'm sure there was a lot of guys like, dude, put the camera away, like screw you. And there's still some footage that like, got leaked, of course, but yeah. In, the, in a college campus like that, when, uh, you know, he's the 
friggin' president of the, uh, or it feels like the mayor or whatever, yeah. you know, he's the dude to go insulated to then, all right, everyone's got a microscope under you at in, in Cleveland, NFL quarterback. It's a different mentality. Right. When you talk about, um, things that he would doing, and that was almost a pattern in the documentary of days, like day, like the day before a big event, something crazy would happen. He'd get hammered day before a game. He'd fly to Vegas. I'm not a psychologist, but I think he admitted this in the, there's an element of self-sabotage there. I don't know if it's like, uh, well now if it doesn't work out, well, I was hammered the day before and it kind of takes, you know, the pressure off of, uh, I don't know. I don't know. He admitted that, like but there's self-sabotage. Yes. Yeah. In, in terms of like, oh, you, he made some comment about that. It was like, oh, you think this is bad? Watch me. And I forget there was some level after they of cut that. him or off. Vegas. He like went to Vegas. Mm -hmm. He cut him and like went to Vegas the next night or he was about to get cut, went to Vegas the night before or something like that. And to your point, exactly. At certain points, like there's obviously a huge mental health component, but he's, it's a self sabotage Which a guy situation. who's just exudes confidence. You're going, this guy doesn't stress about anything, but there's a flip side. Things work in opposites yeah. sometimes with yeah. that confidence. Maybe there's a bit of it. Like maybe I'm not, and maybe if I do these things, it'll kind of deaden some of the, you know, pain, anxiety, whatever. I know for me, I always got real nervous before games. I don't know about you. I always knew I was kind of ready, actually. Like, if I wasn't nervous, it's a bad sign. Mm. Even for anything, for stand-up, for a podcast, if I don't have a little bit of butterflies, it's not going to go well because I'm not taking it seriously. Definitely. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I can't, can't relate to anyone that's, like, not nervous before a football game. Like, Yeah, but people, are, they're like, I don't know, I'll just do what yeah, I do in practice. Dude, I'm like, that's great for you, man. That's insane, Thanks. That's dude. ridiculous. You're... But, hey, I've said this all the time. Some of the best teammates I had at USC were the guys that cared the least and I think yeah. there's something to be said about, and not that they were lazy per se, but they just didn't wrap up their whole identity into the success on the football field. And some of those guys are, when I look back, uh, the best teammates I had, it's funny because you grow up in the culture of like, you got to work hard, you got to grind, you got to do all that. And there's, of course, tons of truth to that. But the flip side of like, if you're able to turn the off switch completely off and move on and go play seven hours of Call of Duty. Yeah. Dude, some of those guys were uh, the most successful uh, you know teammates I had. Those, you know who one of those guys are is uh, Travis Dye. Really? Uh, yeah, bro. Last year at SC. Love him. Travis the man. And I remember sitting, well, on game day also, like you could tell. Um, and I think like the no gloves and no no socks and all that is kind of like a part of it. Like, hey, I'm just going out there and like I'm good at football, but this isn't like what I'm not super serious about. Well, he, no, that's not the right word. He's very serious about it. But in terms yeah. of just being relaxed. Yeah. And then uh, like we're sitting, so our pro day, we're sitting in the indoor uh, in the weight room because it was pouring rain. Like, and it never rains in LA. And so I'm like, and we're about to throw. So it's like obviously the worst timing possible. And I'm like, I'm actually pretty nervous. I'm like, damn. And I guess he could tell because I got like my music going on. I'm like kind of like by myself. And he's like, dude, like just relax. Like I really just, just go out there. You're just playing football. And he's, doesn't matter the situation that dude is, does, just stays the same level like he does not waver and he's balling right now for new york he had some pretty good plays on uh on the jets i think he'll make the 53 but uh and i've had a few different running backs like that it's kind of cool to that like that kind of translates i think and it helps the quarterback almost feel calm if the guy next to you in the backfield is is so relaxed as well i, I kind of like that yeah i never really played with a running back in college Maybe bold take, but most running backs I played with in college, you had to guide them, right? Really? Like, yeah, 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 whether yeah. like 
playing with a guy i mean travis had what like 40 some odd starts in his college career like that experience goes yeah i guess it goes a long way because it's funny like, like my like the running back i had at sc was ronald jones super bowl champion man like no stud joke. i remember his first practice man he like took a uh, handoff like this sorry i just hit the mic um but like both arms over the top which is like what? day one third grade football like you don't do that but like to his credit he was so athletic and like that was his vibe and then you fast forward six years and he's tom brady's running back and it's yeah. like good on you dude was he just super raw like how do you how does that even happen yeah or literally was nervous is that what no raw raw of like just never had the coaching in high school really? wow so then you pop down at usc which it's funny again like you think usc it's like oh everyone's like on all their p's and q's and no no stone unturned but like you get there and some guys never really weightlifted, never uh, had the yeah. proper coaching That's and funny. it's in some way like for refreshing to, to to kind of be a part of yeah interesting or even in the league honestly like a lot of guys haven't really played under like a pro style system and so it's like some of those installs are just so different than like what teams are doing like air raid or spread um and then that translation as well is i mean that's a big jump too yeah it's funny i go back and forth on that topic a little bit i actually think the days of like having a system yeah. or feel like um no longer a thing like everyone is trying to do some Something combination of spread pro style and air raid at least in the college ranks everyone's trying to have some blend of that so it's like oh what system are you trying to have well, Lincoln Rally's or like Graham Harrell's trying to do what Lincoln Rally's doing. Lincoln Rally's trying to input uh, aspects of like Sean McVay and Shanahan and things like that. And it just feels like, oh, what system do you run? Well, everyone's trying to run spread, yeah. which like the OG days of spread is like, that's kind of what it is, is you're installing some pro style concepts, you know, some air raid deal. And now air raids running the ball more. So yeah. like no one's really running the true air raid where it's you're passing the ball 90% of the time. Um, Graham kind of. But what I, what I meant more was like... He didn't do that at SC. You're saying he ran the ball more? Well, yeah, more than... Um more than Leach for sure. Yeah, and that's like OG air yeah, raid, yeah, yeah. like in the truest in the truest form. Yeah. Um, no, what I meant more is like IDing um, backers, calling protections, like hots, like more responsibility is what I was more referring to. True, true. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just that's a learning curve. That's not a really a big deal. Like, and I, I, I didn't play in the NFL, so I don't know. But I'd be curious how many teams put that on the quarterback versus the center. I watched the quarterback doc. I don't know if you guys watched that, but like. I want to talk about it. Yeah. yeah, Mahomes was doing some mic identification, but like I would imagine, and I saw Hertz was doing a little bit, but is that just like a, when you're audible in the protection thing, or is that a, like when I first got to SC and Lane Kiffin's offense, the start of every single play was Mike 45, Mike 54, and you rarely see, I shouldn't say rarely, you don't always see that at the NFL. I was under Lane, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. You don't always see that in the NFL now. And that was like across the board. Every quarterback did that 15 years ago in the NFL. So you watched quarterback. Uh, I have one episode to go, but yeah, I'm uh, okay. Mo, Mo is the, you know, more serious. He's going to run it. And I'm going to have some opinions about this, namely the Kirk Cousins thing. The guy's okay. made 160 plus million dollars in his career. And he's like, yeah, we shop at Kmart. I'm like, come nah. on, dog, come <laughs> on. It's like, what, what's go, what are you, what's going on? Like, are you hiding something? Obviously, I hope he's not. But it's like, it's so weird. I'm like, you're like, where's the bodies? Bro, where are the bodies? Where are the children? No, I'm kidding. No, cut it. <laughs> no, I thought the same ahead. thing about his uh, like trophy room. Like, it was cool, 
But like, if you're making that amount of money, hire an interior it's, designer to like swag that thing thank out. You. He was just had like a nice like wood shelf, like putting the football Dude, on there. It's weird. And it's like, good on you. St like Kirk, stay, stay true to yourself. But I was like, bro, you're making that much money. Like that, th that should be a swagged out whole ordeal. Even as like yeah. when he's getting massaged and worked on, I'm sure the people working on him are first class, but like, we can't get my guy like a legit massage room or like a legit, <laughs> like legit setup. He's like in his like living room couch area. It's like, dude, you wake yeah, a lot. It's not like he's worth 12 million. It's not like he's worth eight twenty. He's made hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, I, I, he just I doesn't care, huh? And he lives in Minneapolis, so it's not like it's, I don't know, you can't, it's not like he's living. Uh, and look, I think having a, yeah, a faith is a great, exactly, Minneapolis, it's going to get you a lot further. You're a real estate guy, you know, it's going to get you a lot further. But again, faith is a great thing. I, I think that's awesome for people. But when his wife's like, yeah, we're, you know, on the fourth quarter drive, I put my headphones in and the faith, I'm like, this is, you don't see that a lot anymore. I thought it was super refreshing, and Mo, I'm sure this probably struck a chord with you too. Of when he lost in the first round of the uh, like NFC divisional playoff round, and then like goes home and like reads the book to his kid, and like takes the trash out, and like does all those things. Like it's so it humanized the sport more yeah. so than I feel like I've really seen anything in the NFL do. But I think the element you're talking about, guys who don't care or have lives outside of football, and they're sometimes the best players. You got, I feel like you got to have something. Even if you have a day job, you do something where you write or you draw. I, I think it makes you better if you're not just fully consumed um, in it all the time so. and your yeah. identity is wrapped up in it 24-7. I'd say so. And uh, I always struggle with that when I was playing of like, you know, I always did well in school. I never was like a nerd, but I was a guy that would like put the time in to, to get good grades and whatnot. And it was, it was always, I always felt like a subtle connotation of like, Oh, well, Max is like pursuing his interests in business, like outside of football. Like, oh, he has other other avenues. He'll be just fine. And I was like, screw that. Like, I'm all in on ball. Like, I'm still the first guy, you know, like showing up and I'm like, you know, digging in and doing all those things. But it's like, oh, but he has this like business pursuit. And I have that now with like the various things I have going on. And I always struggle with that when I was playing. Luckily now, I think guys like LeBron and Steph and Tom Brady, where they have these other pursuits, like again, like we're talking about with Jalen Brown too, that wall's been like trimmed down in a good way. Um, Cause I agree with you. I think when you're able to turn off and ha have a different, um, like you're able to get out of your playbook and pursue something else that only helps your game. Obviously it's a fine line and you gotta be aware of it, but uh, I think it's a good part of sports, sports culture that's changing. He does seem to be the big winner of that show. I haven't seen it, big time. but I've, I've had like at least five to eight people come up to me and say like how much they love Kirk after that. And he wasn't like really out there on social media beforehand. So I guess people didn't know much about him. Yeah, but he doesn't like, know what social media is. There's some likable aspect. I guess maybe it is that he's shopping at Kmart or he's you know losing the game and then he's going out and taking the trash or whatever. I guess the humanizing. Yeah. But yep. like I, I've had at least five people say how much they like Kirk after watching that, which is I mean I, I wonder what that's doing for his brand too. I'm sure it's amazing. And he does a good like the singing at the award show. Like that stuff goes in the chains and the, the dancing. Chains is the big like one. he doesn't yeah. take himself too seriously, which nah, is so like, awesome. And he yeah. makes him more relatable. I watched the show with my wife, and she's like, "Oh, I love Pat Mahomes." So I think Mahomes did, you know, his platform. He crushes it even even more the so than Kirk. But like. Yeah. I think he was, he came across extremely relatable for how he mean, he makes what four times as much as, or I guess not on an uh, annual basis. Girl, Did you see the, what's funny is the most recent clip. Did you see where they ask her, uh, Hey, what's Pat's favorite meal? 
and she's like I, I saw the headlines so she like was wrong or like she said mexican food yeah, or something could you, could you pull it up um they do like a couple's tests i think you've probably done one of those with like vic and uh he's like what's yeah what's pat's favorite or cheat meal and that's what it was pat, pat mahomes wife favorite cheat meal and uh and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. or maybe you could fast forward or something and um yeah what's what's your dream vacation but she this is always a trap though like no no but this was bad bro like they've known each other since high school and but then, i'm just i'm just putting myself like if if vic and i went on this like you don't think me? she knows what your favorite meal is i don't know if she does but i, I get i get what you're saying but it's also the way she said it and then his response. You could tell he's like, dog, like, like he's so annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's so unlikable. And everything going on with his brother is kind of wild too. <laughs> is this the point? Uh, I'm sure you could We could it. always probably do it in post too, or you just yeah. find the clip and throw it in there. You could, yeah, you could just. Yeah, but that was interesting. Did you, have you seen Hard Knocks? Just the clips that go viral on social. You haven't, you haven't seen it yet? Uh, I haven't sat down and watched it. Uh, oh, you got it. I think it's the best season since the first Jets one. With, with, with Rex, Rex Ryan. Like, Get a fucking snack. Like, yeah. yeah like, that was the greatest. I got to check it out. No, I'm, no, no. Uh, it's, it, the storylines are um, as good as it's been in a long time. Think about it. You got Rodgers. You've got Wilson. You've got Nathaniel Hackett. You've got um, just a bunch of different things kind of meeting in the middle it's it's cool yeah. to see aaron Rodgers behind the scenes too and he's at a unique stage in his career too where he still can be he still can play at mvp level but he's obviously late 30s could, and so like i mean that's how the clip of like oh we got a hall of fame quarterback like very rarely are you able to say definitively we have a hall of fame quarterback on our team yet he still is, has like runway at an elite level like it's a cool stage to be plugged into i see these rankings of you know the t they do it every day you know the top quarterbacks whatever if you think aaron Rodgers isn't a top three quarterback in the league still you're out of your mind as far as i'm concerned you're out of your mind i think most people would not put him in the top three that's crazy to me really so, so what do you go i, I mean, would say I, most I, people right now are josh allen pat mahomes and uh joe you Burrow. can't put josh allen ahead of no, you can't uh, of Rogers. Josh, Absolutely man. not. Not to me. I think you guys are in the mon minority there. I'm with you. I actually love Aaron uh, Rodgers. I actually agree with you, but I think we're in the mi minority there. Maybe no. It's Mahomes w clear one. Yep. I'm really impressed with Burrow. I've really been impressed with We him. are totally in the minority there. You are you with me? 100%, bro. I think there's people that put like... Um, there's a there's a crew that puts Jalen Hurts above okay. him. I'm right a Philly now. fan. Yeah, no, he's not he's not in the top five. The one that's crazy. Boy, to me, you say top five, you say top three. That's a big jump. No, 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 no. But he's still not in the top five. He's yeah. not. Yeah, yeah, great yeah, guy, not. great dual threat. He's not in the top five. Um, where was I? Where was I going? The one that's crazy. Yeah, Herbert's up there. The one that's crazy to me, and I see it. I'm a Colin fan. I I love just you know watching it. What's up with the Trevor Lawrence stuff? Like let's. Pump the brakes a, a little headaches. bit with the Trevor Lawrence stuff. A little. Let's wait. Yeah, um, I'm with you. This is a big year for Trevor Lawrence. I feel like. I feel like it's the momentum. No, like huge. Like one or one or the other. I feel like. Yeah, is he going to be in the tier of all those guys? The division's bad, so they they will win the division. 
they will make the postseason, presumably, without some you know yeah, unfortunate efficient, injury. Efficient's rough, yeah. Dude, adding Calvin's, I think, going to make a huge difference. His routes look wild. Having a legit number one receiver. Yeah. yeah. And Kirk played well last year. And uh, Jones, yep. a solid player in the slot. Evan Ingram kind of revitalized his career. Good on them, too, because they got so much flack for all those acquisitions a year yeah, ago. Yeah, they did. Like, I mean, what are you doing? And then it was like, well, all it's right. It's still not so a good hey. contract, but I think the Calvin trade was awesome. You're talking Kirk's contract? Yeah. 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 I think. I mean, that just messed up the receiver market. Everyone's just like, why? Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's it, like, who's your who's your top five, though? I'll go, yeah. Uh, I'll go Pat Mahomes. I'm in agreement, but again, I don't think everyone would. I'm Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. I'm uh, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. And then who's fifth for me? I'd probably go Herbert right now. Herbert. Did you say Lamar? I did not. I did not. I think Lamar needs a little bounce back here. Yeah. Um, but he's like right there. Yeah. yeah. That's what's up with the rankings too, because like Stafford won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. He's incredibly talented. He's coming off an injury, so we forget about him. The guy I want to ask you about Russell Wilson a couple years ago was in MVP that. contention Dude. perennially. Yeah. And now it's like, wait, what's going on? Here. I'm Do you know fascinated. anything? It's, I don't know the answer. <laughs> I don't know anything. Funny enough, the guy I backed up in high school is his quarterback coach. Um, so like, I follow a lot of the behind wow. the scenes, like uh, social media stuff. Um, great dude. Um, but I'm, I, we've never seen that before. We've never seen a what many would argue a top five NFL quarterback tank that quickly. The, the only thing I can rival know? is the Wentz situation. Or Cam Newton. But Wentz, but Wentz had the injury. And, yeah, Cam, and, and Cam had the injury. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, Russ has been You've healthy. Never, Besides hamstring, but it's just soft tissue. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's bizarre. And I think we'll we'll, we'll find out a lot this first month of the season. Or you're like, going to say it's Hackett with the system. But then that's trippy because like Cause Aaron Rodgers right. had Hackett. And yeah. trust me, it's different offensive coordinator head coach. But it's just bizarre. And It is weird. Yeah, I don't, and I don't the know. Struggles, I mean, it's preseason, but the struggle is early on now under Sean Payton too, which is kind of adds to it. Yeah. And then I'm coming out with a video uh, this weekend of like, maybe Pete Carroll deserves a lot of credit for, you know, keeping that thing under wraps and like whatever magic he was you able see, to you see him spin it circulate. yesterday in practice. <laughs> I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, dude. He's got did he have, did he have, I saw the clip. Did he have the, uh, his patented shoes on? I don't know. Um, the grandpa shoes. No, he looked, no, Which I'm one? not even kidding. He, he looked good. He has he the peak like he the air monarch. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. No, the dad, the classic dad. The right. classic kicks. dad. Those are like Pete Carroll shoes. Yeah. He's been wearing those for two That's decades deep. straight. Wow. Uh, the same, the same Nikes. Yeah. Literally, my one of my best buds is their uh, equipment manager. Oh, head, head equipment manager. Yeah. He gets so a fresh pair. Every he gets week. The, fr- <laughs> the fresh pair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got the monarchs for you, Pete. Dude, yeah, it's he literally looked, been the same good. shoe for but, fifteen years. But you're right, Pete Carroll has been. Excluding the the stint with the Jets, his first time in the NFL, has been great wherever he's been, and it's like night and day. When he left SC, night and day. Seattle, they're making playoff. Geno looks great for what they expected, and Russell, not so much. I mean, I think you talk about scheme. I think Russell really excels on the move, and I think he's slimmed down a bit this year. I think he's gonna. I think he'll have a better year significantly i mean there's just mm-hmm. things in place sean payton yeah 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 but yeah but there are there are things that like if you took the running out of jalen hurts's game 
if he had an injury that really hindered him. That's a different quarterback. I think completely different. Russell didn't rely on the running as much as Hertz does, but he moved around. He moved around is what I'm saying. To, yeah. to, he moved to pass. Yeah, in ways that I really think helped him. When you guys had like Lockett, who's really good in those situations where he can kind of make things up, come back to the quarterback. Yeah. Good running game um, too, Marshawn, most of his career. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fascinating, man. It's make or break. He's for an oddball too, though, Russ. He's kind he's of, a different cat too. He's a weirdo. Do I? Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not in the. I mean, I don't know him personally. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but like, I'm not the only guy saying that there's weird things that go on when he's, you know, it's just corny. here. Nobody's there, and like, I get getting mental reps, but like, he's doing it for the camera. And let's not pretend that there's not an element of that there. I don't think there is. I think that's who he really? is to the core. Yeah, I think that's just who he. I think that this sun is always shining mentality. But who's like what that? About the what person? The what person is really like that, dude? Russell's been like that since the second, like, turn on a late NC State interview. Like, that's just how he is. And, like, there's a, to me, there's a certain, like, dude, do you, like, good. If you, like, he genuinely believes, like, he's as optimistic as it gets. I, I don't think that's an act. And I think that's part of the problem a little bit at Seattle is not everyone relates to that. Not everyone's wired in a sun is always shining mentality. And so it came across, there if are, you're talking about yeah. maybe corny. But I do. I don't think that's an act. But it was more than the corny. There are there are teammates. KJ Wright has a uh, podcast uh, where he had some guys on there. I don't know if it was Sherman. Like it was the Sherman. Doesn't it was Legion all. of Boom, and they're like, he needs to like, if he if he wants to be cool with us, he needs to come and like talk about it and uh, uh, basically apologize. Golden Tate was on it. Like we don't know what happened on the inside, but is the were they implying that he was not? They're not cool with him at all. But were at they? All. But. Were they implying that he was not true to himself? They didn't really. They kept it kind of cryptic. One of the a, things a bit, was like guys didn't even they couldn't get in contact with him. It was like you have to go through an agent, a manager. Like he wasn't really talking teammates. About, yeah, he wasn't a good teammate. That yeah. was a big part of it. But I think also there's the, like the maybe he was more of a coach than a player in terms of uh, a being relatable, but also maybe like snitching or that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't. I've obviously I've seen those KJ Wright and um, and then there's like the optics. It's like, you know, is he doing these things because he thinks it looks good? You know, like the airplane thing, or like you know, just like a lot of like the different antics. That's a good point. That's a good point, especially early on in his career. Yeah, where it was like I need to have this positioning like I'm a legit NFL quarterback, and then it's like, dude, you've been that dude. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's hit or miss. It's yeah, trippy. you either love him or hate him. I met him when he was his rookie year at Seattle. Oh no way! And uh, he was great to me. So I got. He's a good guy to you. Great to me. I hope that he uh, turns this thing around. Uh, but we'll see. Oh right, yeah, we got to wrap it up. Uh, dope. Thank you, brother. Really. Thanks appreciate for being it. here, man. That was awesome. You're the man. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, all your socials. You. Your uh, shoot. Your broadcasting this season too. Everything. Yeah, man. No, I appreciate you guys having me on. Always fun. Uh, it's fun bouncing around from topic to topic. Uh, yeah, active on all the social medias. Uh, Max Brown on Insta and uh, Twitter, and then backwards on TikTok. Brown Max and be calling games for Pac-12 Network. And uh, last year, baby. Uh, yeah, last we'll, ride. We'll see how things shake out. But uh, yeah, good, uh, good chat with you guys. Hell yeah, awesome. Boop.